0: he also had a right mind. (laughs) What a wonderful thing it is to have a right mind. And here we see in verse 15, he was sitting and clothed and in his right mind. When you get a gospel mind, you get a right mind. You have a mind that knows God and knows how to fellowship with God and we are delivered from the, the vanity, the, the, the walk of the darkness of the Gentile, pagan, heathen world. It's a dark world. It's an ungodly world. But when you're born again, when you're saved by grace, you are given a new mind. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. We look forward to hearing from you, of course, and I trust that you will be in touch. Our phone number is 604-576-1091. Our website, www.cloverdealfpc.ca. We look forward to hearing from you, just to know that you're listening in. And we're always encouraged when God's people are benefiting from the message of his word as we let the Bible speak here from our church. Today the message is again on the demon-possessed man, Mark chapter 5, the one whom Jesus healed and left in his right mind. This gives great hope for troubled souls. Those who are demented and tortured by the, the guilt of sin, by the problems of our fallen humanity, and we need the Lord Jesus to give us a right mind. And when you have the right mind, a gospel mind, you have peace with God that reflects in your own heart, your own emotions, and in your own walk with God. And I trust that the ministry of the Word today will indeed lead you to that. There has to be a surrender, of course, has to be a yielding to the way of the gospel. And to reflect that, we have a hymn today called Just As I Am Without One Plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And it is by running to that fountain, pleading the cleansing power of Jesus' blood, that we surrender to the gospel. I trust you will indeed do that today. Here uh, we come to Romans chapter 1 again to our question answer, and the question is, who is the central figure of the gospel presented here in the book of Romans? And to answer this, I want to read to you verses 3 to 6 in Romans 1. Concerning his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I'm going to Break in here and 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 just comment on the word concerning. The Greek word is peri, and it means uh, around. Around his son Jesus Christ, he is the center. He is right in the very core of the gospel concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Now that statement. Uh, according to the flesh, refers, of course, to his humanity, his human nature. He was the son of God, but he was the son of David uh, in his human form, declared to be the son of God with power. So there is no uh, detraction from his deity because he became man, but rather he is still the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. Oh, the sanctification of the Lord Jesus was indeed complete and perfect. He was sinless, and that was declared by his resurrection from the dead, because even in the tomb, the body of Jesus saw no corruption. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom also are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. So here, get this picture in your mind. You have the Lord Jesus who is central. If you think of this as the machinery of redemption, Jesus is the core, the axle, turning all the machinery and whether it is his divine nature, his human nature coming together in him, whether it is the body of, of believers, all are united to him. If you think of the cogs inside a, a uh, drive, here is the Lord Jesus. He is the core person, and in him and around him is every aspect of our salvation. And, and Paul says, ye also are the called of Jesus Christ. You're included. You are given this participation with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Savior sent from heaven down here to this world among men, and he's made in our likeness, and ye also, and Paul is writing, of course, to these believers at Rome, these Christians who professed faith in the Lord Jesus, and he says to them, ye are the called. What a privilege. What effective participation Christians have in the person and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, this is the, just the splendor of the gospel. This is the wonder of being a Christian, and I hope that today that you understand your privileges, you understand the magnitude of what God has done in sending His Son to be our Savior and our Redeemer. Uh, therefore, let us surrender— Let's unite our hearts to the Lord. And in this hymn coming up, we sing, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. I read this week about the suicide rate in in greenland still the highest in the world and strangely it's not in the dead of winter you would think that it's in the dark depressing days of winter that that's when the the suicide rate would spike no it's in the it's in the summer months when there's almost total daylight in canada the Highest suicide rate is among the people in Nunavut. It's about five times higher than normal. Another country in the world where the suicide rate is phenomenal is in France. It's something like 24 people out of every thousand commit suicide every year. But the general statistics around the world— in every country, in every society, suicide is ever so common. Why do people get into that state of mind that they want to end it and end it now? You think of the morbid state of minds that want to end their life by committing suicide. Why is that? Well, surely the Bible tells us that Satan is a murderer from the beginning. He is the father of murder, and he puts those thoughts into people's minds. And Satan seeks to attack souls, nations, people, to destroy them. And this is his evil work. And Satan, of course, introduced death into the Garden of Eden, By his power of temptation, introducing sin, he knew that it would bring death. And so Satan is always about the work of bringing men to death. When we think of his attacks and his assaults on the Lord Jesus, he will have that same attack against certainly God's people and against the souls of men. And so we need to recognize tonight, and this is the point I want to make, and I'm not going to build some, you know, fearful thing that we're all in trouble and so on. We're under the blood tonight. Praise God for that. We have been to Calvary, and we praise God for the breaking of the devil's power. But as a church, we seek to grow and we seek to win men from their darkness. We are in a spiritual battle, and there's a great mystery here that we have to engage in the mystery of darkness that is continually at work. And we need to plead that wonderful triumph of the Lord Jesus, uh, that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So there we'll leave it for the mystery, the mystery of this one. Now we come to the miracle. Let's look at this man. First of all, notice that he couldn't help himself In verse 2, it says, And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. But in verse 9, you'll notice that he was possessed not just by one spirit, but by perhaps thousands, because his very name was Legion. And he says, For we are many, now, in the Roman armies, a legion could be up to 5,000 men. And we wonder about how many demons were in this man's body and in his life. And then when you read about the demons going out of him into the pigs or the swine, there was a herd of 2,000. What powers of the enemy that were upon this, this man. And this is something we need to realize, that we are in a powerful, powerful spiritual battle. And it begins with our minds. This is where the battle really rages. Satan uses wicked thoughts, wicked imaginations. He did that to the Lord when he was in the wilderness, and he put thoughts and ideas and proposals into the mind of the Lord. Now, you and I are not free from this. We're living in a world where the devil is busy. We're living in a world where we need the Lord's protection at all times, and we need to recognize the wicked works of the devil. But this man could not help himself, and he could not be helped by others. We read about those who tried to chain him and tame him, but they couldn't do a thing with this man. Now, he was he was some mother's son, and I'm sure there were people that cared about him. There were people that loved him enough to bring him food, to try and maybe speak peaceably to him and quieten him down. And maybe there were little periods where they thought they were making some progress, and then he would just come like a, a strange, beastly behavior come over him. What a terrible, terrible bondage he was in. Man's remedies, of course, are hopeless. And we need to recognize that we need the gospel. We need the power of God. We need the uh, to be uh, empowered by the Lord. And we need his grace that we may preach the gospel with his power. Only the Lord could deliver this man. Let's begin in verse 6, and we'll see what the Lord Jesus did for this man. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. And then in verse 7, the demons were subject to the Lord Jesus and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now, who's speaking here? I don't think it's the young man. I think that they somehow are channeling through his very mouth, and it's the devil speaking in the man, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee, by God, that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And what a remarkable power the Lord demonstrated in this incident, that he would set this young man free from that demon dwelling right within him. And he asked him, what is thy name? And they went on to say that we are legion. Now, such is the power of the Lord that the Lord was in complete control. If you look down at uh, verse 10, uh, you will find here that they made some requests. And they said, now, What are you going to do with us? And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. You'll see how the Lord had the power to banish them completely. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. Now, notice the Lord is in complete control. He is not in any way uh, hindered or swayed by the forces of these many, many demons, but he's the one that gives them permission to enter into those swine. And this is, of course, the rightful authority of the Lord Jesus. He can speak the Word. He can speak the Word and break the power of the wicked one. Now, there are many verses in the Bible. I've got quite a number of them here in my notes that tell us, of course, of the great victory of the Lord at the cross, how he spoiled principalities and powers, and he broke that power of the devil over men. And it's all traceable to the cross, to the power of his blood. And you and I need as we engage in in, in gospel work, we need continually to be focusing, praying upon, and pleading the victory of Calvary over the power of Satan. And when we think of people who are held captive by the devil in sin and in their ungodly ways— and you can just see it in their lives. They're going downhill. They're going from misery to wretchedness to greater misery. And you want to see them delivered from those things. Only the Lord can really, by his power and by his grace, set them free. Now, that drives us to prayer. We need to be a praying church. And if you're going to witness to someone, if you're going to go to them in Jesus name and say, "Lord, the Lord can break the power of sin in your life. The Lord can deliver you." You need to have prayed much that the Lord will indeed enter in and break that power in their lives. Now, many of us have family members and loved ones who need to be saved. And we need to realize that Satan Is a slave driver and he seeks to control their lives, and who knows what misery he may bring them down to by his wretched plot and scheming. And we need to be on our knees pleading the victory of the Lord Jesus that he will break that power and deliver men from those sins. We need to be praying now. As a Christian tonight, you must realize that many of the problems in your life, the devil's behind them. He wants to defeat you. And he's like Pharaoh. He, he doesn't want to let you go. He doesn't want to make it easy for you. You're still in this world, and Satan will seek to, to trouble you, harry you, uh, as if he could bring you back again. He prays God he can't, When the Lord delivers you from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God's dear Son, you are delivered. There's no going back. But Satan will hate the very ground you walk on. He'll hate the image of the Lord Jesus in your life. He'll hate your testimony, and he will oppose it. And in the Christian's life and in the Christian church, strange things happen. Mysterious things happen. Because we're living, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, just mere laws of human nature. We're wrestling against a wicked enemy. And Peter warns us where he's going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And we need to be on guard. And when troubles come, we need to go to the Lord— and say, Lord, you, you, you can break the devil's power. You can set me free from this troubler of my soul and give me the victory. Now, our last point here tonight is the marks of a delivered soul. We go on down out of verse 15, and we see how this man was wonderfully set free. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Well, the first thing that entered into this man's life was peace, peace like he never knew it before. And here is a man that was now in love with the Savior, and the love of the Savior was in him. What a marvelous mark of deliverance. Uh, Sitting in itself was a triumph. Just to be fit to sit was a triumph. He was able to take the merry position just to sit at Jesus' feet and learn of him. You can imagine the ministry that the Lord had to this man, pardon, justification, the righteousness of Christ that he provided for him, and the grace that is provided. All of these must have ministered just real, wonderful, blessed peace to a soul. He had a new dress. He was clothed. Prior to this, uh, he was just a wretched, naked case, destroying everything. Here he is clothed. The shame is now removed. Before he was a fearsome rebel, no thought of convention, but now he's clothed. And here he is in his modesty, and he's a changed man. That's what the gospel does. Changes us spiritually and physically and socially. And the man was delivered from the grave's death to sitting at the feet of Jesus whole, living in peace with the Lord. He also had a right mind. (laughs) What a wonderful thing it is to have a right mind. And here we see in verse 15, he was sitting and clothed, and in his right mind. When you get a gospel mind, you get a right mind. You have a mind that knows God and knows how to fellowship with God. And we are delivered from the the vanity, the the walk of the darkness of the Gentile, pagan, heathen world. It's a dark world. It's an ungodly world. But when you're born again, when you're saved by grace— you are given a new mind. Now, you'll see these marks. In verse 18, there's the mark of prayer. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him. Now, that's just asked him. He, 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 he sought permission that he might go with him into the ship. But here he is submitting to the Lord, asking for uh, permission to go with him, And he wants to be present with the Lord Jesus. There's a great mark of of deliverance. We want to be with the Savior. That's the mark. And then in verse 19, he was told to go home and to be a witness to his friends. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, and saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. What a wonderful change. What marks of deliverance in this man's life. Now, let me ask you, are you a man or woman of prayer? Do you want to be with the Lord Jesus? Are you willing to tell others, even of your own family, and seek opportunities just to talk about the Lord and share your heart's joys with them? These are all the marks of one that is rightly related to the Lord. But I think what has to be the saddest account of this whole thing is that no matter the outstanding miracle, the great deliverance, the wonderful testimony of this man so amazingly changed that the people wanted Jesus to leave. Look at verse 17. They began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. You would imagine they would have wanted the The demon-possessed man to depart long ago. They wanted to keep him. In fact, they put chains on him. But Jesus, the Son of God, who set the man free and brought him to peace of mind and heart, they told the Lord Jesus to depart out of their coasts. That is a sad comment on the state of the people at that day. And the one who delivered was rejected. I trust that in our church and in our ministry, that men will not reject the Lord for delivering them, but rather that he will receive the praise, the honor, and the glory. So tonight, let's take heart, and let's also recognize the battle that we are in as a church, and take to heart the great need to seek the Lord and have his power in his service. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me please at 604 40. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca.
1: This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is FPC.ca and there you can find gospel articles links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning, and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30pm. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30am from September to June. You can contact us at 604 567 1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.